Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the last broadcast of the week. Because... That's anything like the last, last house on the left? <laughs> well, and and I guess it's... Is it better than the last broadcast ever? I guess. I don't know. Well, the last... So, so the last house on the left, of course, is a, is a notorious horror film. Uh, the last broadcast um, has also uh, uh, got a... a, a Got a bit of a reputation. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, the word last always makes people nervous. Yeah. It's like, of the week. Of the week. Of the year. Of the year. <laughs> uh, We're out! Bye! <laughs> is, is this going to be the last one of the year? Are we, are we taking off next week? I was thinking, didn't we talk about taking off next week? Because it's the... Uh, yeah, well, I, think, I think that had come up. Um, I'm, I'm planning on going down to see my parents. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, over, over Christmas. And um, a lot of that's going to be weather dependent. So this is, well, we can go ahead and just decide. This will be the last one of the week, the last one of the year. We'll take off next week. Uh, and then that gives me time to, to change up some of the graphics and stuff because December 30th, I'm, I'm going to keep plugging this, Friday, December 30th, live from the bunker, number 500. We're going to be making a bunch of announcements and a bunch of news and plans and schemes and stuff for 2023. And that will in, involve some changes in this show as well. Uh, little ones, minor ones, so won't be uh, won't be any big thing. But uh, tonight, uh, you know, it's it's we're kind being of... replaced by <laughs> younger and prettier artificial versions of ourselves. Well, I tell you, you know, given how much your signal stutters and pops and crackles in the audio, it, it's almost like you've been replaced by a robot anyway. So I don't know what's causing that. Um, I don't... But I will say though, it's not just us. I've heard this happening on a number of other channels over on YouTube, and I don't know if it's if if it's an internet thing, if it's a Zoom thing. I mean, I mean, I'm hearing it from places where they're using Streamyard to connect instead of Zoom. I don't know. The only thing that I can think of is that it might possibly be an audio level setting in the microphone in Windows that maybe that needs to be dialed down. Because maybe something in Windows is causing it to clip. I, I, other than that, I mean, I'm I'm flummoxed. I have all I've investigated everything here that I can think of. Right. So I don't know if anybody out there in in the audience has suggestions. You're more than welcome to share them share them with us, and that includes those of you who are listening to us as a podcast uh, instead of watching us on TV. We've got people listening in Iran and France and Poland and. The UK and Ireland and Australia. So, uh, anybody who has an idea that can help us figure out that audio glitch, I thought we we had we had figured it out, but uh, it's still happening a little bit. So, anyway, I mean, at some point though, we're all going to be replaced by bots, right? Well, I mean, there's a whole subgenre of science fiction where you know the the becoming the the melding of man and machine and the merging into a new form of thing i mean i mean uh cyborg martin caden um and you know six million dollar man mm -hmm. i mean this is the the merging of the two has been uh yes it's it's yes. it's, it's all about mood lighting <laughs> That's um, right. 
I so so an, an actual explanation is this is my office. I'm I work from home and I almost never turn this light on <laughs> because I've got so much light coming from the computers. Yeah. I, the way the way the cam the way that the 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 my camera sort of deals with light in a zoom setting, this room is extremely well lit as far as my eyes yeah. are concerned. Sure. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah, it's just and and not to mention I'm I'm, I'm the horror guy, so you know it is it's all about mood lighting. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, there's uh you. Uh, Mindy says, is... Mindy says you're Max Headroom tonight. Oh, cool. That's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, um, I'm not sure that's great. Because, uh, <laughs> I'm old enough to remember when that was new, and that was pretty amazing. And that was not computer-generated. It was all practical effects, and um, it took a long time for a lot of people to, to believe that. Yeah. Because it... We were younger then, and and we didn't know what computer generated imagery really looked like. Yeah, well, and it's funny. I had a I had a conversation today on on Bunker with uh, Chris Ludwig, uh, who is writing a series of books called um, the Spectral series. And the first the first book, the story is that society has come up with an artificial intelligence that's benevolent. It's been programmed to solve all of our problems. And at the end of the book, spoilers, the end of the book, the benevolent AI realizes that ultimately <clears throat> the biggest problem it needs to solve, it can only solve that problem by going away. The, the AI figures out, you've become too dependent on me. Mm. I'm solving all of your problems. You're not solving any of your own problems and the 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 humanity is stagnating and so here are a bunch sure. of here are a bunch of books on how to make soap and and you know animal husbandry and tanning leather and all that other stuff and it goes away mm -hmm. <clears throat> and the new book that's just out it's called host it's set 300 years after that and now mm -hmm. you've got this caste system where you have these traveling professors the people who are the, the, the ones who share the knowledge. They go into the town. Right. They've right. got the books. We have all of this information to help you, you know, become a, a self-sustaining society and whatnot. So that's where the book is. But, but it was a very interesting conversation that we had on the nature of AI just in general. And it keeps coming up because we had I had Harry Glorickian in here not too long ago talking about how AI can be used in various healthcare applications and whatnot. I still think that at some point we're going to cross that Rubicon and the AI is going to be so entrenched. We're going to be so dependent on it that... Any one little thing goes away, it's going to mess up all of the process. I mean, <clears throat> you look at you look at now we go into the retail space, right? With the self checkout, mm. you know, we're removing our interaction with other employees. We're in, we're we're taking pieces of that away, and it's only a matter of time before, you know, instead of us doing the self check, 
we're just going to drop the whole thing in there and the AI is going to read everything and here's here's your bill and and well okay but um here's here's the thing I I'm seeing is AI like anything else is just a tool how that tool is used is where we go from yeah. you know that's that's how I, that's that's the kicker right and one of the there's some, some really interesting stuff going on in ai right now um and i say that in interesting in a you can dive into it and dig into it and and you know take yourself down a number of rabbit holes for what's going on you've got that chat ai which yeah um is very impressive um There, I, there's some interesting concerns that have been raised, obviously, about people using that to, like, generate your term paper or whatever. Right. Um, and, and, of course, completely, completely reasonable. Um, you know, plagiarism is always bad. Um, and, and quite frankly, <laughs> excuse me, uh, using a tool to, you know, do the work for you, there's pros to that. And there's cons to that. So, and not to mention, it's a pretty cool, interesting <clears throat> thing. I mean, yeah. it's not. So the kind of the baseline has always been the Turing test, right? Mm. Is are you talking to, if you're talking to something that reacts like a person does, is it conscious? Well, no, it's not. These are these are none of these things are conscious. This is a this is a very cleverly written piece of technology. Yeah. Um, good. It's really very slick coding, no question. Um, and I've seen some very funny things that people have done um, in terms of you know, tell me how to cook a sandwich like Dr. Seuss, you know, and it's the it, you know just. But all of this stuff is programmed in. So you're feeding this information in, and it's um, it's pulling this information to generate this stuff, right? So right. you basically you're downloading all the works of Dr. Seuss. You're downloading a cookbook. Yeah. You know, these it has to pull that information from somewhere. There's a, there's a set of parameters that's programmed into it, and then you just start feeding it data. And right. Based and on and that, garbage in, garbage out applies. Yes. Right. So you can still come up with with nonsense. Where you get into AI and art, still the way you generate art with AI, you feed it a lot of information. This seems to be a bit of an issue, seeing as a lot of that information is other people's artwork. Yes. And, 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 that's, and that's become a big uh, flashpoint for a lot of people. I mean, you've got this, yes. you know, mid journey is the big one right now. Very popular. A lot of people are using it and, you know, generating their, their new avatars and their profile pictures and whatnot. And they're playing with it and having sure. a good time and whatever. Um, but then you get into situations like with, uh, tour recently, they got called, called out. Because the cover that they revealed, and we actually reported on this, the cover reveal, we, we had it on Good Morning Multiverse, the new book from, uh, from uh, Rich, uh, Christopher Paolini, Fractal Noise. Turns out it was AI-generated, 
And mm -hmm. Tor got raked over the coals with it and hasn't really uh, done anything to, you know, rebuild that bridge and kind of, kind of, you oh, know, uh, mend The thing is that you can burn that bridge really quick. The folks over at DeviantArt. <laughs> yes. It was huge art archive, right? Lots of lots of, of artists putting their work up there all the time. And they initially, I thought they were rolling out their AI uh, art thing, is that you had to opt out for every piece of your art. So there are people there with hundreds and hundreds of illustrations or photographs or things like that that were stored in there. And the initial... Initial uh, image by image, and consequently, um, the people on that site sat there and went, uh, "No, yeah, no, just no." And DeviantArt backtracked very fast. Uh, they got the blowback on that was in was extremely intense. Um, and everything is so annoying. But, I mean, this is, you know, there's, there's a real, there's a real sense of concern. Of course, people have been just stealing art. Yeah. I'm an AI generator over here, apparently. Yeah, you're, you're really a mess right now. Mm -hmm. um, I have been, I have been closing. I got a, I got a pop over here that says, uh, that w we're low on resources and it could be affecting the audio. It's like you bet your bippy it is. So I'm close. <laughs> I'm I'm closing out all sorts of different tabs and yeah, and browsers and stuff. Too. And I yeah. I don't know if that's going to fix it or not. But so far, right, right I now, ordered new, I ordered more memory for my computer because I'm that might help. I got editing programs and graphics programs. And, but but here's here's the thing <clears> is that I I brought props. Remember these. Yeah. Okay, folks, I'm 52, all right? I've, I've been around a little bit. I have a graphic design degree. I got my graphic design degree in 1992, okay? This is a, a rough of a booklet. I made it by uh, making color copies of, of uh, comic book covers and things like that. And this is how we built type. <laughs> I remember those. I may still have, have some of I those. I still have a stash of these. In, in, in case the great computer crash come, comes, I can still be a graphic designer. Um, but the thing is, is that this is how this is how we put type on artwork. Yeah. And you had to have a ruler so you could make sure that it was it was lined up so it was even. You had grid lines so it was actually spaced properly. It was all manual. In when I was in um, my senior year, one of my instructors was one of the guys who was part of a nationwide group of graphic design artists who were part of a um, the early generation of computer-generated imagery. So there was this whole big thing where he showed us the, this very, very early animation of a bouncing ball. Mm -hmm. And it bounced like a ball does. It had the whole depression. It was slowed down, so you Physics. could actually see it. Yeah, you know the, how a ball deforms when it hits the ground and then bounces back up. 
And it was fascinating. We'd never seen anything like it because there wasn't anything like it generated by computer. I don't necessarily want to go back to the days of this was a $6 sheet mm. in, and this was back in the late eighties, early nineties guys. This is an expensive document. <laughs> six, five, six bucks back then. Um, anyway. Um, so, I mean, there, there's no question that these are, these are useful tools, right? And, and I think that, that the, the, there are benefits to computer generated art. If you are, example, if you are a disabled artist or you're an artist who has, you know, for whatever reason, lost the use of your hands or, or, you know, you need some, you need something to accentuate. Again, it's just a tool. But. Yeah, it's the but. Mm hmm. It's the but. Because there are a lot of people and, and you mentioned DeviantArt, but uh, also, um, where is it? Um What's the other one? Art Station uh, mm -hmm. is a big yep. one, Art and, Station, and there are a lot of a lot of people sitting there saying this is theft because the way it works, you know, you talk about we set up the parameter, and then you feed the AI data. You you give mm -hmm. it information. Well, the way that this is happening is that these AIs are using the same kind of technology. Like, um, I'm gonna take us back to the early days of the web with spiders and and anybody who has ever done any web design you may be familiar with that term spiders were basically little bits of software code a little bit of, of programming code that would go around the web digging up information collecting information collecting data what we call cookies now you know, tracking cookies and marketing sure. cookies and that kind of thing. But back in the day, they were called spiders. And they were little protobots that would collect information. And it's a process of what we call scraping. You know, data mining now. It used to be we called it scraping. Well, now that term is coming back into play with AI art because mm -hmm. the AIs are scraping all of this information, all of these images all these different places, DeviantArt, ArtStation, Flickr, you know, all, uh, wherever you're posting artwork or photographs mm -hmm. or sketches or blueprints or, you know, whatever, right. and taking all of that as the source material, as the raw material for creating whatever it is that you say you want to create. I mean, I could go to MidJourney right now because we have talked about we're going to do our print magazine at some point, and I've got a very specific idea of what I want on the front cover for the first issue. Right. And I can I can sit there, and I could go to Midjourney, or I could go to Dolly, or wherever, and I can type in, you know, this is all the things that I want. And it can probably spit something out that would be passable, because I'm not going to have to worry about fingers, how many fingers people have. But at the same time, that's work that a cover artist doesn't get. And that's the other part right. of this. It's not just, you know, if I sit there and say, okay, give me, give me a cover art that's a dragon fighting a flying saucer. Now, I could... <coughs> excuse me. I could get more specific. I could say a red dragon 
fighting a flying right. saucer that's silver with a dome on the top, and it's spitting fire out, and the and the saucer is shooting lasers out, and it's a red, it's the it's a bronze dragon or it's a red dragon, whatever, and this kind of and this that and the other, and I can get very specific, mm-hmm. and this thing can still do it, but the reference red dragon. It's going to go out there and it's going to find any any in, in, in image that's indexed that says anything close to, well, this is a red dragon. It's kind of like the captures, you know, the little pop-up. Yeah. Click on every window that's uh, a traffic light. Right. Traffic Except light, it's a million traffic lights. <clears throat> right. Well, and I actually ran across a capture. I'm not going to say where it was because it looks like they fixed it now. But I ran across, because after my talk with Harry Glorickian, I was like, we keep teaching the AIs. And so when this CAPTCHA popped up, I said, I wonder what would happen if I did, because it's asking for pineapples, right? Click every picture of a pineapple in this in this thing, right? So I clicked on the cherry, and I clicked on the blueberry, and I hit next. And it took it. And the next time, it was like, you know, every, every, you click on every picture of a penguin with a, with a, a penguin on ice. And so I'd click the turkey and I'd click the duck and it'd take it. Now it seems to have figured out that people were doing that. But <clears throat> you're, you're feeding all of this data into this, into this machine. And when I sit there and say, okay, well, I want a red dragon, it's going to take everybody's art that they've ever created about red dragons. And it's going to lift from that, and it's going to sample. And this was the thing back back in the day with music, right? This was the argument. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a sample. We're sampling all of this stuff. No, 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 no. You're violating copyright because I did not give you permission to use that piece of my artwork that involves a red dragon. I well, did and not... even the, it, it's also been determined that c- computer-generated art like this, this AI art, cannot be copyrighted. Currently, yeah. Currently, let me let me let me put that qualifier there. That's the current law that the stuff can't be copyrighted because it's generated by a machine. But see, the thing about it is, though, it's generated by a machine, but it's it's generated based on prompts that are put into the machine by a person. Because if I well, sit and there this and where, say, this okay, is where you get it. one of the first instances of this becoming becoming uh, an issue was there was an art contest um, back in. First saw this stuff popping up back in September. Um, in August, a guy named Jason Allen, who is a game designer, um, created one of the first pieces of known known computer-generated art, AI-generated art, um, for this art competition. And it was in Pueblo, uh, Pueblo West, Colorado, and he won. I think I remember and hearing about this. it's a really nice-looking image. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really cool image, and it's a science fiction-themed thing. It's um, Theatre d'Opera Special um, is... Uh, and he created it with Midjourney, and he says it took him about eighty hours to put in all the information to get what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Now, quite frankly, okay, eighty hours—that's work. Yeah, 
Okay, I'm I'm not discounting this stuff as a tool, right? I mean, it's a tool. You're like, okay, yes, it, it is. It is in many ways. It it does Photoshop. Okay, when Photoshop came along, <laughs> there were artists. I'm not I'm not for a moment going to deny that there were were not artists going. You're about to put us out of business. Yeah. And the reality is that. Okay, technology marches on. Whether you want it to or not, somebody yeah. is going to invent the next thing. Television and, is going to kill the movies. Well, you know, so so television killed the movies. The movies killed theater. Um, radio killed. Radio the, killed the, the video star. Well, the video, the video, video killed the radio star. Killed the radio star. Radio the uh, the podcast killed the blah 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 blah. I mean, right. the thing is, is that all of this stuff changes and evolves. Um, even if AI art was suddenly like, just get over it. You can't do anything about it. Your artwork is going to be constantly up for grabs, et cetera. And, you know, which we're not at that point. There is this resistance to this happening. And I, and there is potentially there's, I've seen some talk about figuring out ways to, for, to, to, to have like legal guidelines in this yeah part of the problem with that is that copyright law in the u.s is different from copyright law every every place but it's so convoluted it's to start with very complicated yeah and it's not remotely easy ms says amazon killed blockbuster i think i think netflix had a hand in that too but uh well but i think also ironically enough look at the larger scale of things ironically enough Netflix also just canceled Blockbuster after one season. The TV show about the store. I was like, hmm. Now, if that's not history repeating itself, I don't know what it is. I think, yeah, no kidding. Um, I think that, that while Amazon was certainly a big player, I think the fact that the internet became a shopping center yeah. of its own. Yeah. Because it didn't just kill Blockbuster, it killed the mall. Yeah. Well, and 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 the internet comes into play in a in a big way with AI generated anything. I mean, it, and it's not just the art. It, I mean, you look at some of the different, you know, we've had now what three three Stargate scripts generated by AI, the the Google AI. And the first one apparently was not that great. Second one was a little better. Third one's a little better, and it continues to learn. And you know, you uh, how many times have we run into this? Well, we fed we fed a thousand hours of cop drama into the AI and told it to write a script. And you know, my name is Joe Friday. I'm a cop. I carry a badge. I wear a hat. I walk. I walk on the sidewalk. And it was, suddenly, it kind of goes off. And sure, like, well, wait a minute. That's not quite right. And well, the, the whole thing has always been it's an infinite infinite number of of monkeys with the type with typewriters. Right, you get Shakespeare. Right, and and the thing is, is that you get a lot of other stuff aside from Shakespeare before you get to Shakespeare, though. Yeah, and I'm sure some of it is brutally entertaining. Um, there is a guy. Um, I want to say he's an engineer. I'm not sure that's correct. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he created a children's book. This happened in the last week. Created a children's book generated completely by AI. Mm-hmm. So the the text and the illustrations and everything. And 
Um, because of course, Twitter is a very entertaining place to be for a lot of different reasons, depending on where you where you stand in the world. Um, this was posted to Twitter, and of course, it made its explosion out into the world, and a lot of people pointing out, "Sure, okay, now look, not one of these images looks the same from page to page." your main character. She doesn't look the same from page to page. And you get into the number of fingers. Right. right. And and the curious ability for things to fade into yeah. the background in a way that looks kind of like is she growing out of the wall? <laughs> um and you know and and he put it for cuz you can put this stuff for sale up on Amazon. It'll generate, you know, you can right. print on demand stuff. And the backlash was really intense. And there are you know, supporters too. I mean, there's certainly folks who are, who recognize the potential of the technology. I mean, it's it's very cool tech. It can be. But yeah. Right. Well and, um, so and, you know but a lot of people are going this this is if if I were to give this to my child, yeah, I would be a bad parent. Um, because this is a soulless thing. You didn't. You didn't write this story. You and, and I think that for some people that's. I mean the 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 interest factor, of look at what we programmed this thing to do. Mm -hmm. There's some. There's something to that. I mean, I'm not going to deny that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's an interesting curiosity. But at the same time, you look at not just not just the theft aspect of it, because you know, like like uh, like Robert points out in the in the chat, this is basically talking about you know, bring me a single solitary artist that's not copied another artist, and I'll forego AI art. I mean, oh, theft is theft is what well, it's the old line. Theft hello, is the most sincerest form of flattery. Yeah, hello, Greg Land, right? But, but well, yeah. but at the same time, having you know copying something like that, whether whether you're doing a trace or whatever, I mean, you're still to a point you're you're doing something there. But uh, the theft part of it aside, it's an interesting curiosity. It's it's a it's a you know pat you pat you on the head. That's a very nice AI. Now go play with the robot. You know the 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 crystal dynamics thing, but. At the same time, AI is not creative inherently. It has to be told what it's doing. And then that's where you get now back into the question of copyright. Well, if I sit there and I say, okay, I want this particular image. Here are the parameters. Here are the words I do in it. And it's like this guy, he spends 80 hours massaging all of this and his AI and digital and whatnot. I would I would argue that he owns the copyright to that particular work. However, if all of the raw material that he's pulling into that don't doesn't belong to him in the first place, right. it, where 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 is the line? Where does the copyright line come in? Now I have seen a number of cosplayers, for example, and people, you know. Because every now and again, you get the next thing, you know, the app that turns you into a cartoon. And everybody does it, and everybody loads their pictures in, and it turns you into a Disney tune, and it turns you into a this, and it turns you into a that, right? You know, right. whatever yeah. filter. You're supplying the initial artwork on that. You know, I, I take my selfie, and I put it into this filter, and it creates a tune version of me or whatever, 
right? Right. <clears throat> Aside from the fact that it's turning you into a product, but that's a completely different thing. But you're still supplying the raw material yourself. Right. You know, and a lot of these cosplayers are sitting there going, okay, well, I'm going to take this photograph of myself, and now, you know, what do I look like as Wonder Woman? What do I look like as the Hulk? What do I look like as a, you know, medieval knight or, or a Viking? Sure. Or, you know, put me on the back of a, of a unicorn or something, whatever. So mm -hmm. half, <laughs> half of this is... I'm going to provide some of the material for use, but the other parts of those things don't belong to me. And that's where you get into this controversy of ownership. Whose mm -hmm. art is it? Because the AI is not going to care. Right. And then you get these ethical questions, not not you know, not the least of which is the is the legal question, but the ethical question of this. Do you even have a right to create art using this tool? And yes, it's a tool like anything else. It's like Photoshop. It's like GIMP. It's like After Effects. It's like whatever, you know, a camera. You know, I take a photograph with a camera and I take this thing into whatever artwork thing and, and do the manipulation. And what, But it's still all generated by me. How much of a right do I have to pull from other people's work without their permission in order to create something new? And I would argue that you don't have a right to do that unless you're getting into fair use parody well, type the, of situation. And, the, and, and that's here, a completely different part of the thing. Problem is that part of the, part of the requirement for fair use is that something is transformative from the original. Right. And that is a moving line. Yeah, there and in this no, and in this particular this percentage case it's, is transformative. Yeah. It's it and, and 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 actually that's how you want it folks. That's not you don't want it to be a 5%, 25%, 50%. You don't want that because that transformative aspect is what makes parody songs and and parody videos things that are legal yeah okay you want you there's 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 a certain amount of wanting that blurry line it gets in the way it's a pain sometimes but that protects you for doing things like that and if you're a fan of weird al yankovic if you don't want that sort of thing to go away or tom lair or any of these other folks who have the history of have really entertained us by going here's the here's the g the general motors jingle let me make a funny song. Mm -hmm. Do you want that? Yeah. Right. By the that's, way, this yeah, is the piece of art. this is the art from Jason Allen that he took eight, 80 hours that that won the award, and it's, and it's an a, impressive. I, it's piece. a really nice piece of art. It is, but how much of it is actually his? Well, that's a good question, and that in, that in becomes the real the real um, part of the problem is. Okay, so I went to school for graphic design. I spent four years in college going to classes. I spent many years before that learning how to draw, learning how to, you know, use various media. Um, in the years since, I've learned a whole bunch of other tools, right? I know how to use Photoshop. I've learned how to use, you know, I've gone off and learned how to make movies. I've, I've you know, 
learned how to edit. I've got all these different tools that I've taught myself, right? Right. Or I've gone to school for. And, but some of that comes out of the fact that there is a core of talent that I nurtured. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that, you know, anyone can learn how to draw. Right. And so just because I had that core of talent that I nurtured doesn't mean that somebody else doesn't doesn't already have that core of talent and they just haven't recognized it yet, right? And so they can later in life nurture it. I nurtured it when I was a little kid, okay? This is this is human beings luckily are pretty creative. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes we don't take advantage of that, which is unfortunate. Sometimes it's fortunate we don't. Not every idea needs to be nurtured, but um <laughs> Um, but there's, if you can plug all this information into a machine and it does the work for you, how does that, if you are somebody who spent years and years and years honing your craft, Mm -hmm. you know, you become a painter, you're a professional painter, you, you, you know, put in those hours of work, those hours of learning. And along comes a machine that can do your entire career in 80 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The back, well, the, the understandable nature of the backlash. I mean, I can, compl- there's. Here's a, here's a question from MS. Cause you're talking about making movies. If, if I take a hundred scenes from a hundred different movies and edit into a new movie, I would say I made a film, but is it artistic? That actually happened. There is a movie from way back in the day, and those of us who are of an age will recognize this, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, Mm -hmm. which did exactly that. It took a number of films from the noir era mostly. and Gangster movies, lots of gangster movies. movies. (laughs) And Steve Martin plays a detective, a Sam Spade, uh, Mike Hammer type. And they took scenes from old movies, and you've got Lana Turner and and Barbara Stanwyck and Clark Gable and 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 you know Humphrey Bogart and Jimmy Cagney, all, all these classic performers, and they taken all of these scenes and completely crafted a brand new narrative using all of these scenes, putting them in a particular order and, and creating this new story. But now this, this only reason this worked the way that it did was because the star of the film is an absurdist humorist, right? So it was a comedy yeah, to begin with. So kind of parody Mm-hmm. So you have the fair use argument that you use there. Not to, men- not to mention they own the catalog. They own the catalog, plus so. anything anything that was already out of copyright, you know, with with uh, right. public domain sure. and that kind of thing. So you had a very specific set of circumstances around that where nobody nobody got in trouble for using that material, and if it had not worked as well as it had, I would imagine it probably would have gotten more backlash for using all of these dead actors. Because now what are we talking about now is deep fake and using dead actors or using younger versions of actors, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, 
but sure, this was Larry this Fisher. was however long before the period where the technology was around true to do that and so the concern there that that concern wasn't right but now with ai i could if i had the money i could make a brand new movie out of whole cloth with john mm -hmm. wayne i could put john yeah. wayne and bruce lee and 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 Charo in a film, and all I'd have to do is pay their estates. Hang on, <laughs> right? I mean that. I'm that's trying to work a plot here. <laughs> John, yeah, John Wayne, Bruce Lee, and Charo. So, so it's a western. It is a western. It's a western. Um. Okay. She runs. She runs the brothel. Uh, the, uh, the the Gucci yeah. Gucci girls, and uh, uh, it's, it's, and it's that the, period of time where there were a whole lot of 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 Chinese immigrants who were working on the railroads. And, and Bruce Bruce Lee is the is the man with no name from China. Mm -hmm. He's the Chinaman with no name. Right, right, and then um, yeah, <clears throat> and the bad guy is played by Yul Brenner. Okay, so I'm I'm curious about this story. <laughs> I, want, right? I, I might want to see this film um but but i what i don't want to see okay so but you know I, you can go you can go to youtube right now and you can look up all kinds of fan-made cgi creations with like star trek and star wars where you've got like the ships are recreated you yeah. can like here's here's a redesigned fight or it's a yeah. new thing right don't and, go there now keep watching our show you yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. Well, you're probably watching us on youtube just keep watching this you <laughs> yeah. can watch it anytime um but there so but those aren't people right and they might use vocal snippets from here and there um but once computer generated once once computer graphics got good enough that we could have dinosaurs um People were like, it was immediately, it was like, oh, they're going to replace actors with, with no. CGI. Well, and I remember when the TV commercials started doing it because you had Louis Armstrong show up in a Pepsi ad and you had, you know, is Louis Armstrong and, and, and Elton John, you know, uh, John Wayne was in a beer commercial and, and it was one uh, with, uh, with our, was it R. Lee Ermey, you know, the, the mm -hmm. drill sergeant from, from. Uh, right, full yeah. metal jacket, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I saw I saw this then, and I went, "Oh, this is a terrible, terrible precedent. This is this is a bad idea, and it's going to get worse." And that was and the what the nineties. But the interesting thing is, is that we didn't. I mean, it 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 happened other places, but it didn't happen as often as you might expect it to. Yeah. And and then once we got Jurassic Park. And again, folks, the reminder that the reason the dinosaurs look so good in Jurassic Park is that they blurred the edges. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yep. They made them less photorealistic around the edges because of how human eyes work and film works, right? Yeah. Um, so, so when we did get um, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within, right? Yep. The, okay. The CG, Completely yeah, generated, computer-generated movie. Really impressive, actually. I, I mean, for, for for its time, it's very impressive. And the people are 
well-crafted. I remember well, when I saw that that trailer uh, for that particular film, and I thought, oh, they're act, they're starting to figure out hair. There are, they couldn't figure out eyes at that point. Yeah. And I think that's that's been for for many people eyes and mouths because a eyes are wet mm -hmm. and it's it's hard to but they're not wet yeah so they have to, to capture that and human mouths don't move right do not do not stare directly at people's mouths when they talk you will be like ooh ooh that's ooh don't do that <laughs> <laughs> why do your lips move like that. <laughs> Well, um, and, and and that's really hard to capture because we're they're not, you know, they're they're not. Yeah, they're, it's, they're... it's this uncanny valley type of stuff. But it, it oh, even sure. you know you had the um uh lately you know we'd make the joke about the fingers, but there were there's a series of photographs out there right now that look like, I'll say it this way, it looks like Lady Gaga in a leather in a black uh, pleather corset as as Joker. Harley Quinn from the new Joker movie. But I look at this one picture out of the set, and she's got her left hand up close to her shoulder, and it only looks like she's got four fingers on that hand. And I look at it and I think, this is not real. It looks really good. It's mm -hmm. really close. I mean, other than that, there's not anything. I mean, the, kind of the hair thing kind of doing a weird weird thing but it's lady gaga i mean her hair does weird things anyway but i thought except for that little thing with the hand i would have no reason to question that this is that this is real or not now the other ones are but, fairly good because you don't see hands but, but now but that becomes the thing you, part of the problem is that once you it is a still because I can go and I can go into Photoshop, and I can make based you know I can go and pull a whole bunch of you know publicly available royalty free, or I can get the royalties from them from Shutterstock or mm -hmm, Adobe right. or whatever, and I can get or or uh, well I mean there's so many different celebrity photos that are available for licensing. Yeah, and I could build a Lady Gaga Harley Quinn image in Photoshop. I'm there, pretty good with Photoshop. I can make it look really cool. There's but an artist. The there's an artist named Josh McMahon, I think is his name. Mm -hmm. And he got known because he would go through and take various celebrities and kind of do fan casting uh, artwork. You know, he'd do... Um, oh, I'd have to go back and look at some of the stuff. But, you know, it's like... Um, taking different actors and mm. putting them into roles, you know, Catwoman, Batgirl, Superman, right. and that kind sure. of thing. And he was really good. Mm -hmm. And you'd look at it and you'd go, and, but you could tell it was, it, there was a painterly style to it. You could tell it was art. It wasn't, right. let's take a photograph and, and say, this is, you know, this is from the new movie. Well, <laughs> once this stuff starts moving is where it always tends to break down. Yeah. Um, in that, okay, in, uh, the Polar Express. Remember that <clears throat> Tom Hanks movie? Yeah. All CG. Weird looking. Weird looking. Very uncanny valley. Now you get into something like Avatar, where however you feel about the movies, um, whether you like them, don't like them, 
don't like Cameron, don't whatever. Technically, they're beautiful. I mean, they sure. they they are movies that I, I can unironically say that sure is pretty. Mm. Most of the time, if you hear me say that sure is pretty, I'm it's not my best compliment I could give. And and can um, I interject here for just a second? Because these people that are sitting there making a bunch of noise about cultural appropriation because all of whatever else because of the the blue people, I don't know any people who are blue. On the planet, on Earth, I I don't know how you can make I'm an argument. I've not seen anything about cultural appropriation. I've seen I've seen some it's... some silly noise about how uh, why do we have a bunch of white actors playing people of color? They're blue. They're aliens. I, think, uh, that, that's I would a like to think thing. that somewhere someone's doing that ironically, but who knows? It's no, there are not. people who are actually um, in that. The because no. I mean yeah yeah um the 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 techno the technical skill that goes into this to make those characters move and act as natural as they are is really really impressive but they're also very tall gangly well crafted blue aliens yeah um yeah. they are not <clears throat> they are not human sized and that's that's one of the ways you can avoid. The uncanny valley is by making them different enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they are very human like, right? And right. so you can build human expressions, and and but they don't quite move like people, and that's fine because they're aliens, and that's yeah. fine. That that helps. They're non. But once you get into the, uh, <laughs> if you look at like the first term, the Terminator Two, Terminator Two, and then what Terminator Dark Fate, okay, and you look at how. The, and the stories aside, I'm just talking about the tech, right? The, te- right, the, right. the, the tech and, the, and the, the skill. There's a there's a smoothness that is happening in the in Terminator 2 for the motion um, that is really impressive for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when you consider the tools that he was actually had to work with, what they accomplished, and part of that was making it a liquid metal Terminator, which means you could flow. You could use the the, the flow algorithms that they built. Right. You get into something. You know, the time marches on to to the most recent Terminator film, and you can still see echoes of that. But the technology has moved on, so you can end up with with even more impressive effects by taking it that much further. Mm-hmm. And then you run into the uncanny valley thing by having you know, Edward Furlong's face, de-aged face, put on a younger actor. No. Um, and and the benefit, I, the, that particular sequence, spoiler alert for the opening scene, mm-hmm. basically, of a, yeah. turn, of a, of a movie that, that's already been out for a while. Um, it's, a, it's a shock scene. And because of that, you don't linger on how awkward <laughs> that actually looks. Yeah. Well, um, and, and you have also uh, in the Indiana Jones trailer, the the new one where, you know, he's running through the parade on the horse. There's a scene where he stops in front of the camera and it's clearly unfinished because that's not Harrison Ford. That's the stunt guy who was shooting all of this stuff while Harrison Ford was back in the United States recovering from surgery and they did all the dots on the face to do the face replacement Mm -hmm. and they didn't quite get it right. And people look at it and go, 
that's not Harrison Ford. That's not hang on. And you start looking at it. But at the same time, you look at some of the some of the stuff in that trailer where you have young Indiana Jones and he looks just like he did back then. It was like, oh, this is this is really now, good. This is really here's horrible. here's the real question is how is that gonna look in a longer sequence? Okay. And and I think that <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. as we look at this stuff in short little bits. You know, a few seconds here, a few seconds there. That's one thing, but maintaining it. Mm -hmm. And um, the uh, De Niro movie where they de-aged oh, him. The Irishman. Hmm? The Irishman. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, again, the the ability to do this is really impressive, but De Niro still moves like De Niro at his age. Yeah, that's the other problem. He's not as young as he used to be. And folks, if you're younger than us, you may have noticed a tendency from time to time for us to discuss the fact that we're getting older. <laughs> and here's, I have, I have some news for you young kids out there. Yes, slow down as you get older because the yeah. body just breaks down. Right. And so it was very strange because I haven't seen the full film, but I, I watched clips of it. And it was very strange to watch a man in his... 70s 80s physically appearing to be a man much younger but moving like a man a, a healthy a healthy uh, uh relatively you know, clearly you know flexible person he doesn't like it's not like you know joints haven't seized up yeah but it's a thing you can see and so it's again we come back to really cool tools um but there's something kind of ghoulish. Okay, this is an opinion. Folks, you're, you're free to disagree with me. I understand. We don't want to we don't want to let go of the people that we're fans of, right? Um so the I there's there's I admit there's something attractive about I've programmed all of David Bowie's songs yeah. into a supercomputer. And now here's a 3D representation of David Bowie with brand new music. There's part you, you could un, you could personally I don't want to see that um, because that's just ghoulish. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if I wanted to be a necromancer, <laughs> I'd go to necromancer well, school. Okay. <laughs> see, and that's and that's the thing. Like you look at uh, what was it? One of the one of the Fast and Furious movies where they had to, you know, they had to, you know, take Paul Walker. Paul Walker, yeah. You know, Paul Walker's but, dead, and and now the all of his stuff. He hasn't finished shooting all of his stuff, and what do you do? Um, you know, or you bring, in, you bring in his brother. You bring in his brother, and you replace you, his face. You you do you, and and I think that to some degree. To some degree, it's like, and of course, remember when when Chadwick Boseman died, mm. people were like, "Are you going to replace him with CGI?" And it's like, no. <laughs> See, that's the, think... that's one of the biggest mistakes that I think the Marvel Marvel Studios made is not recasting T'Challa. They they I they, think... they lionized but... him, and they and they they turned this whole thing into this. <sighs> I, I it it's it's creepy what they did to exploit Chadwick Boseman's death. I think I would have been much more creeped out 
if they had given us a CGI version of him that we watched die. Yeah, this, I could agree this with that. was as much as as much as you could and and maybe it pushed the line but I, I it did it didn't for me but I could understand it could it could for other people and and it, clearly it did for you um but it didn't for me well this I, is, I, haven't, me, is, I haven't seen play, the movie yet play, I haven't seen the movie playing yet. with hmm? I haven't seen the movie yet just okay. the con- All right. so just I the felt, concept I felt... of what they did, did what they did in the aftermath of Bozeman's death I think was a mistake. They should have recast T'Challa and just kept going mm. and give us more Black Panther movies. But they didn't do well, that. And, well, I... Because they've recast other characters before. I mean, we're getting a new we're getting a new Secretary Ross. We're getting a new Thunderbolt Ross because well, William Hurt died. So... Right, the, right. Yeah, well, I think... We get Harrison Ford to I think it's the difference between a main character and perhaps if there had been more time in between the films. They recast Rhodey. He's a main-ish character. That, that was a completely different situation. It's still, it's a recasting. And I get that. done it before. But That's I'm, all I'm thinking, Sam. Based on... Considering what happened, since you haven't seen the film, considering what happens in the, in the story, you... I can see where they're going to go with it, but um, I felt that they managed to do a pretty good job of incorporating a real-life tragedy into the story in a way that was ultimately, especially in the final part of the film, meant to be a tribute. Now, whether or not that tribute actually works for you is another story, and that's going to be up to everybody who watches it, right? Yeah. But instead of recreating a CGI... Chadwick Boseman. Look, some of this stuff works fine in isolated instances. I don't think it worked to do a computer-generated Carrie Fisher um, as young Princess Leah as well as they wanted it to. I think the Grand Moff Tarkin worked better, but because there was a lot less light. Yeah. But even... but. the which film was it where the guy who played Scorpius from Farscape played Grand Moff Tarkin under prosthetics? Can't remember which Star Wars film that was. It, I think it was one of the prequels. Uh, it was the last was, one. It was because yeah, it was just a single shot off in the in the distance, right? You're talking well, about you, that, you that was, saw that enough was... that it was clear that that's who it was. Yeah, and now his face is very angular in many in 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 much the same way um that you've got with peter cushing so it was it was a way uh, you could see how with some clever prosthetics work you get something that looked very similar and it helped that he was 40 feet away from the camera instead of right here and it also wasn't a attempt to recreate it exactly, it was a it was a younger version of the character, not much younger, yeah, but enough that you could sit there and it doesn't have to look identical. Um, so you have all these tools, right? You have these great tools, and they are you can do a lot of cool things with them. I mean that 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 chatbot thing, some of that stuff legitimately is very clever, and I my hands off head hats off to the guys behind that you know the men and women who put that together 
the men and women who put together all this stuff that's just this technology yeah but it's how we're going to use it that's the question and i don't i want <laughs> harrison ford is is getting up in years do do i want to see harrison ford in other films you know sure do i want to see um would i love to see new humphrey bogart movies sure did you see what i i saw a thing thank you when pygram mm -hmm. where where was it that i saw this a few days ago and i don't remember where i saw this it was just it was a flash and it was gone i didn't see it again there's talk about a sequel to air force one yes I saw, that. Ford. Mm -hmm. I saw it as well why would you do that um, because you want to see, I mean, or, unless grouchy unless, Harrison, unless you want to see grouchy Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford go, what this again, unless Harrison Ford is going through his entire repertoire and killing off every character he's ever played. I don't see the point of doing a sequel to air force one. Um, cause uh, next then you'll get a sequel to Sabrina and they'll kill off Linus and you know, you, you, I mean, you just, it just keeps going. I don't know well, we wouldn't get it. We wouldn't get a sequel to Sabrina, for um, and for a segment of our audience, that's a deep cut. Yeah. Um, but you aren't. You only are getting a sequel. A, a sequel to Sabrina, because romantic comedies aren't big budget projects anymore. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying. In principle, though, Harrison Ford is going through his. Well, his... also the fact that because audiences don't seem to want to see older couples mm. there's that too. In, i mean that's unless it's like one of them is dying well i don't know 19, you get 1923 or... 1923 seems to be getting a lot of good buzz and that's the one that's the yellowstone prequel with harrison ford and helen mirren well but so, they're also pulling in harrison ford and helen mirren yeah i mean you're looking at people who let all you know the folks who are there are folks who are clear obviously fans of both of them but they also pull in their own fan bases um, you know, be, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty, uh, I, it's a pretty impressive cast. Yeah. Um, now is it any good? Don't know. I haven't seen it, but I think that, I think that, you know, the AI art as somebody, as somebody who has been paid for my artwork and I, I, as someone who recently had a conversation with an organization that I was volunteering for and, and I'm no longer volunteering for, what it would cost for me to come in and do design work for them periodically. Right. You know, I mean, and the reality is, is I would be charging them significantly less than what I'd be charging most other people. Right. right? Well, because, and I would you know, love to hire an artist you know, commission an artist to do the cover for our first magazine. Sure. And, and I have very specific, I, how much of that then becomes the artist versus here's my instructions on what I want it to look like, because mm -hmm. I know exactly what I want it to look like, but you're the artist, you go do the, the, do the thing. Right. But I know where I want all of the elements placed because then I got to put all the typography and everything else around it. Right. 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 You know, mm -hmm. I need space up top for the banner and the hat and the, you know, the, the this and that and the other. Whose art is that? 
you know, the, who who owns it at that point? If I'm, I would much rather pay an artist two or three or four hundred dollars sure. for something yeah. for something created and you know create work and create a job and and pay somebody rather than go to Mid Journey or Dolly or whatever and pop in a bunch of words and have it crank something out. I mean, that's cheating to me. I think that it's, and then part of the problem is that there's no. <laughs> We're at the point that it's almost impossible to tell the difference in some cases between computer-generated art and made with your own hands. Because again, I work in Photoshop all the time. Mm -hmm. I am using a computer to edit and generate things from artwork. You know, I'm I'm if I'm building a you know a sales graphic for right. my job. I might be taking a piece of stock art and I'm taking a different texture. And there's all kinds of things I'm manipulating in this image. And so the, the ability for people to tell the difference between handmade, mm -hmm. handmade, right? Air quotes here for the folks just listening um, versus computer generated <clears throat> yeah. is very hard to tell. The it's very hard to tell the difference between these things. Well, and it's and, even harder for people who are just laypersons. The pe the people like us who have done this, you know, sure. But it's, some of this you know, stuff, I mean, if they're, you know, because I mean, there there are filters in Photoshop, and they're relatively they're relatively primitive, mm -hmm. uh, all things considered, anymore. But there's filters in there where it's like, you know, you can create brush strokes, you know, and you're not using a brush, you're clicking your mouse around. So, I mean, it's it's harder to tell the difference between these things. And I think that we also come down to the question of your ethics as an mm -hmm. artist. Yep, yep. And, and to some degree, we've always been there. Because it's like, you know, it's if I'm, if I don't build anything, like if I'm doing sales graphics for work, I'm using stock art, that's fine. Right? It's stock art. It's what it's for. But I'm not passing it off as, you know, I took this photograph or, you know, I, you know, whatever this is, I, I created this, you know, piece of line art. I know I, it's a, I downloaded this from Shutterstock. I've got the thing, right? Um, you know, um, but passing something off like that, you know, the, this controversy kicking off at, a, at an art contest, he admitted it was computer, you know, it was AI generated art. He wasn't yeah. hiding it. Well, and now you have, uh, coming out of that, you have a number of, of events, uh, Comic-Cons, that now are sitting there saying vendors are not going to be allowed to sell any AI-generated artwork on the floor. And right. that number is going up. We had just had two that we reported on Saturday, and there are others that have made that decision. You know, We're starting to see that happen a lot. You go to Instagram and you see all these different posts about, you know, there's a controversy. We're not sure exactly what we're going to do, but we're going to err on the side of caution, basically. Or you've got the Comic Cons that are basically coming out and saying, "This is theft. We're not going to support it. You you try it. We're going to kick you out." I mean, there there's well, a there's a range of responses there, but everybody is looking at this saying, "This is not a right thing to do." Well, so, and I I and part of that is protecting. It's not only it's it's protecting a, lot, a number of things. It's protecting the 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 public image of the convention. Yeah. 
with yeah. both with both the folks who go to it but also the vendors if if this if you make their space unwelcome for artists artists are not going to pay the booth fees right and i have news folks it's not your ticket price that's keeping the con alive it's part of it but those booth fees matter yes they matter a lot and not to mention the fact um a lot of folks there are certainly folks who run cons who are in it for a business you know there's it's i mean it's <laughs> most cons don't make money so that's a dangerous thing to do but there a lot of people are involved in that stuff because they care they mm. they're fans of comics or movies or anime or or you know car, whatever whatever the con is yeah they're fans and the volunteers who work those cons are almost all actual fans of, of the subject matter if you break the trust you have with those people you cannot run a con without volunteers folks right you don't have the budget you don't yeah. i mean maybe okay new york comic-con probably has the budget but one of the reasons why we've never done a con well i mean there's look there's a lot of this is going to come down to and i know this is hard for a lot of people trusting that people are going to behave in this and, day and age but i think i think yes honestly i do because there is such a especially in in on the the visual arts side of things the folks who are making illustrations and paintings and book covers and things like that these folks who actually create these things this is a really strong community they talk to each other yeah but they communicate with each other that people. in a way that not every you know you don't i mean musicians do it to a degree filmmakers do it to a degree but the fine arts community yeah the folks but who do see, this stuff the thing is though on the on the flip side of that i mean i've i've run into this you know when i was working in television where you have, you know, and, and you've worked, you've probably run into this with graphic design uh, because now that we do have Photoshop, now that we have Microsoft, you know, InDesign and, you know, well, Adobe InDesign sure. and Microsoft Word and PageMaker and all these things, you have so many, there was a whole glut, a number of years right there in, in like late 90s, early 2000s where you had all of these businesses decide, well, we can make our own brochure or we can make our right. own, we can design our own website. We can do our own thing. And we're not, we're not hiring artists from outside. We're not hiring advertising agencies. We're not doing all of this stuff. Suddenly there was this massive shift. And when I was working at the ABC, ABC affiliate here, <clears throat> we had a, we had a guy come in with a program of how to make basically template-driven TV commercials. Right, yep. And mm -hmm. here, you take this piece and take this piece and take this piece, and it's basically all this stock footage and whatnot, and you put together this little package, and we do the voiceover, and we record the voiceover in the package. And I looked at this, and I, you know, all the salespeople are like, oh, this is really cool. We can design our own, because they were, they were looking at it as we can design an animatic and take it to the client and say, "This right. is what your this is what your commercial could look like," and then you had people say, "Well, why don't I just use this?" 
And I looked at the salespeople and I was like, you realize that this is going to put me up. You don't need me. You don't need me anymore. Y'all just go do it yourselves. And they're like, well, you don't have to get your feelings hurt about it. I was like, that's exactly what you're about to do here is Mm -hmm. you're going to do my job. Right. And what what happened in the design world um, is we had a little period of time when there was a whole lot of garbage. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was it was a. And a great example of, sure, this is a piece of technology that anyone can use. Yes. That's great. Anyone can use it. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason you hire an artist. Well, and that's the same argument that I make now when it comes to, you know, Comic-Con's broadcasting live. You know, we're doing a bunch of live streams because... You know, the pandemic being what it was, <clears throat> there was a paradigm shift there. Mm-hmm. And right. yep. and a lot of Comic-Cons realized, well, we can do stuff online. And so now everybody figures that they can do stuff online, even though a lot of people shouldn't be touching any of that and letting people who know what they're doing do it. Right. Yep. And, you know, and I go back to the the fact that I had this idea back in 2009 before Netflix was ever streaming, before anything was ever a thing online. And, you know, the only the only thing that kept me from doing it was the little thing, you know, I didn't have any money. money. And I don't have any money now. And (laughs) I'm like, this is this is stuff that we could have been doing for all of these Comic Cons. Right. Now that you've realized that this is a thing that needs to be part of your package, now let the experts do it. Let the people who have been doing it for three or four or five years now come in and do it for you. And you're not having to reinvent I, the wheel every every three months with every different Comic-Con. Yeah. I think what we're going to see eventually... Because right now we're in the we're in the we're in the very much the backlash stage. Yeah, right? the, the wild wild west. Justifiably, justifiably so. I yeah. I completely look. I don't want I don't want to be replaced by an algorithm. It's a cool algorithm. It's very nifty. Again, kudos to the folks who designed it. I need to I need to scratch something off my list for. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, again, the tech the the skill that went into creating these things. That's skill. That's talent. Mm-hmm. Yep. No these folks did some very cool work here. But I think eventually we're going to see what's going to happen like we saw with Photoshop, which is the folks who are the artists are going to go, right, this is a thing that exists. I can't do anything about that. It's here. Right. Yeah. Let me see what I can do with this. And we will again see the difference between it'll be it, how we look at the stuff is going to change bit, again yeah i think the it's same a way it changed bit, when we did photo when photoshop became a thing when in design became a thing when all except, these well, these computer assisted things hang on, hang on. i don't i don't things. know that it's the exact same thing though because oh, it's not. i'm not i'm i'm not going into photoshop and going plank 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 and photoshop does it Right, you know, right. I know, that I know. That's that's not that's, that's not the, the same thing. That's the but because the technology question. exists, and because we can't put it, you can't put it back in the bottle. Right, the genie resists 
But there's an the genie eth- fights. Yeah, but there's an the ethical nail. there's an ethical question about this that has not existed before when you get this new technology like when Photoshop oh, shows yeah. up or InDesign. Yeah, and I agree. That. But so I think that what's going to happen is that somehow that's going to get resolved, and when how it's going to get resolved, I think. Hopefully, not the government. It'll end up being at some point. It'll because of copyright law. It'll have to have some government involvement because that's how that works. But I think what's going to end up happening, and this is this is a prediction that I am fully expect to be wrong. So when it doesn't happen, feel free to oh, say oh, we're wrong. Let, let me make I'll a note. Right. Let me I'll be make right a that note. I was wrong. Um, well, because the thing is, I just I don't know. But it's, I one of the solutions it could be is that you would have like you know Shutterstock. Adobe, mm-hmm. um, you know, you'd have these authorized collections, right? Right. It's like you can use this database to build your AI art. Right. This is an approved database. So here's all of these artists have signed off on this red dragon imagery or and or those this, artists this have to get paid. abominable snowman imagery or whatever it is, right? Right. And those artists that are participating have to get paid. Otherwise, well, they're yeah, not going to participate. Because it's licensed art. And yeah. so you would you would end up having these like... and, and Maybe a variation uh, on the Creative Commons where you sit there and go, okay, here's the AI mm-hmm. common license where you right. do so, this I mean, there's, and that. So it, it's going to end up being some sort of licensed thing. Yeah. If, it's, if it wants to survive without and actually be a thing that grows, and then the artists are going <laughs> to sit there and go, fine, I'm going to see what I can do with this. Yeah. And then it's going to be just another tool in the toolbox but right now because it's kind of the wild west with this right now mm-hmm. there are not enough rules and <laughs> and there's a whole lot of companies who are handling it very poorly it's right. like yeah it's yeah. a i've got this thing let's do it it's like <clears throat> are, are were you not just paying me last month for a piece of cover art yeah you don't see a problem here? Why? <laughs> Although, you know, the flip side of it, if I'm if I'm sitting there and I'm the editor of a of a magazine or I'm the editor of a website and mm-hmm. we're in a recession and supply chain and all these other different things in the economy and everything's becoming more expensive and I gotta cut back on on what I spend. Well, my cover artist is going to be one of the first things that I jettison. If I can turn around and I can go over here to this mid journey and pay eight dollars. Instead of paying somebody three hundred, yeah. Well, I mean, and there's like I said, we're in we're in that period right now where there, there aren't enough rules. Yeah, and and I know that you know there's there's always the argument to be made that you know there are too many rules for this and that, but when it comes to protecting the intellectual rights, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the the, mm-hmm. the the creative talent um, that that these people are putting into it. Um, I mean, you want those guidelines. You want the you want those railings to keep, yeah, you know the 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 line between plagiarism, um, borrowing, um, and insp- inspired by. Uh-huh. I mean, look, yes, um, the the line is you know, um, you know, theft and is you know the greatest sign of respect. But the thing is is that's an intentional exaggeration, all right? There's a whole lot of stuff that is deeply, deeply, obviously inspired by something else. Yeah. And 
we accept that because a lot of times it's clearly a tribute. It's a, it's clearly a well. Okay, there's a there's a good example of this because when you get into comic book art, for example, we've had mm-hmm. in, in recent years, especially, there's been the development where if I'm doing an homage cover, sure, say mm-hmm. I'm doing I'm doing a copy of Spider-Man, you know, Seth McFarlane, or not Seth, um, uh, Scott McFarlane. <laughs> that would be a I want to see the Seth McFarlane Spider-Man, Spider-Man cover. But if I, if I took, <laughs> if I took Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man cover, the, the famous sure. one, right? The one that just there's blew a, everybody out. There's been a number of tributes. And to if that. I uh-huh. do, yeah. But recently now you're starting to see the artist who does the tribute signs it. And then after McFarlane, after right, Kirby sure. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's an acknowledgement right. now. And the, you didn't used to have that. You no, had, it, you, the you artist would now, tell you that. Right. But, but it wasn't like actually, it wasn't like baked into the artwork. Yet. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. in it's in the signature now that it's this is paying tribute to this one. And I think that's a that's a good development. That's a that's a positive. Oh, yeah, I think but it, like, you, know, again, you get these little the arts community things. is generally pretty. You know, there there's all kinds of bad blood in any community but overall if you look at the broad feeling mm-hmm, of this mm-hmm. these there's there's not like a a lot of comic book artists or cover artists or or you know painters or any of the folks who are involved in this because again we're talking this is 2d art you know and some of it's foot photography too yeah it's, it's but a computer generated photography um there's there's a whole, uh, generally speaking, you know, they're they're all on the same page here. Um, it's you know, this is like any piece of technology in irresponsible hands. <laughs> it's a it can be a danger. The technology the technology isn't the problem. Yeah, it's how we use it. It's it's the way it's always been. Yeah. Um, you know, the first person to pick up a rock and whack the other person in the head, um, it's not the rock's fault. Um, and uh, the Photoshop, uh, you know, didn't it, it changed the field and well, but then the, so did the printing press, right? And, and the, the video internet. camera, the and yeah. you know, and the internet, yeah. Speaking of dangerous technology, we've got a number of different places where you can find us on the Internet, which is the most dangerous technology of all. Uh, Ten different social media platforms, four different video platforms. Do connect with us over on Odyssey and Rumble. We're trying to get those numbers up. Uh, We do have plans for the Twitch channel. And I do want to invite everybody to sign up for the newsletter. Uh, You can find all of these links in the show descriptions, especially uh, even if you're listening to this as a podcast. All of these links are there. You can find us on all this different social media and everything. So do uh, do connect with us. And uh, that's it for this week. And into next week. So the next broadcast is going to be Wednesday the 28th at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be live from the bunker number 499. I don't know what we're going to do that day. And then Friday the 30th is going to be live from the bunker number 500. It's going to be a big blowout. I'm going to send a bunch of emails out to invite a bunch of people to come and you know, do a big come and go party. We're going, to, we're going to make a number of announcements. We're going to have you know, stuff going into 2023, plans and schemes and hopes and dreams and all that stuff. We hope that everybody, everybody joins us. 
Uh, Tim, you're not invited, but no, I, I, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, I didn't want to gonna... come anyway. <laughs> well, you never do. Uh, I'm working all the time. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be doing this big thing on the 30th, our 500th episode, and it'll be the last show of the year, and then into next year with brand new stuff. So uh, we do hope you join us for that. In the meantime. Have a great, th- uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a Happy Hanukkah. A great holiday season. Stay safe. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. going to spend time with family, uh, don't talk politics too much, and don't eat too much turkey. And back here next Wednesday. Eat as much turkey as you want. <laughs> it's the holidays. It's the holidays, folks. Happy holidays. Uh, all, all, all our thanks for this for this year. Appreciate it. We yes. appreciate you guys being here. We do, and uh, and that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Have a good night. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2022, by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi for Me Radio. 